Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Glenn Bennis. He's the co-author of Inc., a paranormal romance, and also the owner of Glenn Bennis Professional Screenwriting Workshops. Glenn, welcome to our show today. Oh, thanks. Thanks for letting me be here. So when did you realize that you had a, a gift for storytelling or with screenplays? Well, actually, I was kind of an introverted kid. I loved going. I, I, it took me, I was, it wasn't until third grade that I learned how to read. But once wow. I learned how to read, uh, I was just, you know, totally immersed in literature. I started writing poetry. Um, I really wanted to be a playwright. So I, I, was, uh, I got into UCLA uh, MFA program in playwriting. And that sort of opened my eyes to uh, theater and drama and all that sort of stuff. And, but I got out of UCLA after a couple of years and I realized I probably could not make a living as a playwright. Because <laughs> there was only a very few people that did that. Neil Simon at that time was probably the only one that I really knew of. And so I thought, well, what else can I do? And I thought, well, I'm in Los Angeles. I should write films because you can actually make money at that. So I, uh, I just you know, dove into it and I wrote a bunch of scripts and uh, one got noticed by a producer and uh, I ended up making, uh, we've actually made that film and he hired me to write another film that got made at that time and that's what it all you know that's what launched me I um, I really knew very little about the business I had no connections in the business I just really knew that I had to be a writer and I didn't want to do it as a hobby I, I was determined that I would make a living at it so I didn't want to be a professor and then do it on the side or anything. I had to do it. And there was, and there was really like no plan B. I, I didn't have another um, ambition in mind. It had to be that. And I was naive enough to believe that, you know, there was no reason I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, you're an example of how, because it, it's very challenging in Hollywood to, to make it. So the, the two films that you mentioned, is, that's with uh, Wes Craven? Yes, that's right. And so, but how did that happen? Because again, I mean, a lot of people that write the screenplays and they have the pedigree in terms of going to USC, but what was that connection with you? How did you end up actually connecting with him? Or who well, ended up you know, the, the producer that, um, that hired me, his name was Max Keller. He ran a company called Interplanetary Productions. And he, it, it really started when he, he read a script that I wrote that ended up becoming Deadly Blessing, which is what Wes, uh, directed. But before that, we had a TV movie that I adapted, and we were looking for a director. And at that time, he was a real cult figure. Nobody really knew much about Wes Craven. He had directed a couple of low-budget horror movies. And so he was kind of a find, like he was an up-and-coming director that very few people knew about. So we thought he would be good to do this. And he did. He did a great job. It was a TV movie. And then uh, I got to know Wes. And then when we sold Deadly Blessing, then, of course, we had Wes come and direct that. 
And that was just at the time before uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream and all those other movies. Uh, this was before all those movies. So he was just on the rise. He was kind of an unknown. And uh, we were both really starting our careers at the same time. And he ended up becoming this huge, iconic, you know, horror director. Is he still direct films now? No, Wes is, Wes passed away. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. So this podcast, Glenn, mostly is, is for entrepreneurs and, and uh, you know, speakers and authors. And one of the biggest and most important qualities, frankly, is communicating and writing. And so you're a writer and you write screenplays. What are some elements of your screenplays? Because, you know, you're very, one of the goals, at least, you know, you have to capture the audience, right, with this visual meaning, this, this meaning of art. And so what are some elements that you always include in your screenplays to capture your audience? Because frankly, again, businesses have to capture their audience as well. I'm, I'm curious, like, what parallels do you, could you see, let's say, the things that you teach your students in writing screenplays, which I'm frankly pretty sure that business owners can also learn from you. So what are some, again, elements that you always include in screenplays that really capture the audience? Well, you know, telling stories is what sells just about everything, when you think about it. When uh, a company on Wall Street tells a good story about their product, that, that gets shareholders to buy that, that product. Uh, and, and really, storytelling is at the heart of all of, really, uh, commerce. So really, what is, you know, the more I wrote, the more I began to think about what really at the heart of it, what makes a great story? What makes a great uh, film? And it really comes down to one thing, and that is creating emotion for the audience. Creating a lot of emotion, emotional bonding between the audience and the protagonist. And when you think about, and that's it, really. I mean, you, you have to create a good structure for your story, a beginning, middle, and end. And you need good dialogue, of course. You need good characters, even more so. But at the heart of it, it's how deeply we bond with the protagonist. And if we have a deep bond with the protagonist, you've got it going to have a great story. And if, but if you have a story that's more plot driven and the characters are just going through the motions and we just don't feel that deeply, then you're not going to have a really great story. So it's really about how do you create emotion in the characters that you write. And there's a lot of techniques that I teach about that um, in terms of rooting interest. How can we get the audience to root for your protagonist. The problem is so many writers, they get involved in the story and in the plot, and then this happens and that happens and they get confused and it's all about the plot. And that's not what really matters. We, we do need a decent plot, but, but deeper than that and more importantly than that, we need to care. We need that bond, that emotional bonding with the protagonist. And so how do you create that? And part of it is there are techniques to do that. So you can create rooting interest for your uh, characters. Um, but it's also really understanding people and what makes us care and why do I care for somebody? And, um, you know, 
when I first meet a character, just like in real life, when I meet somebody, first impressions are so important. If I meet you for the first time, if I have a bad impression of you, most likely that will never change. And it's the same with characters in a, in a story. If I meet a character and I have a bad impression of that character, I don't like that character, or something that's off-putting about that character, then I probably won't change my mind. So what's one technique, Glenn, you can share with us to really buy into this character or care for this character? Um, undeserved fortune. <laughs> there's, you know, there's many, many, many of them. But if somebody, if something happens to a character that he or she does not deserve, you're going to feel sorry for them. You're going you're gonna to relate to them. Because a lot of times that happens to us. You said undeserved yeah. misfortune? Or in the, no, undeserved circumstances. Oh, in other words, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, or you could call it undeserved fortune. Like Got it. Okay. something yeah. comes, that's not the character's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it knocks them on their feet or on their, yeah. you know, the, knocks them off their feet. Yeah. And then you go, oh, that guy, you know, that poor guy, no matter if he was good or he was bad or he was anything, you know? And, you know, so, and that's not to say that we don't want anti-heroes. Anti-heroes are really great. Anti-heroes are like Tony Soprano and the Sopranos. Uh, he was not a good guy. He was a killer. You know, he was a mob boss who could be very cruel. But the, the writers were brilliant in making us care for Tony. And the first thing that we found out is he had panic attacks. You know, this big, strong guy is, you know, getting hit by this mental thing that he can't understand and it makes him feel weak and people and he feels like pity people are pitying him and it it takes away his masculinity and so all of a sudden you start feeling sorry and you start feeling for tony soprano interesting that's so Those fascinating. Are all techniques you know yeah so that, again that you can build in that's fascinating glenn Thanks so much for your advice. I mean, we only have a short amount of time, but that's so powerful when you said, really, it's about the emotion. You look at the Steve Jobs, Nike, it's all about the emotional appeal, whether in business or in film. How can our guests learn more about you, Glenn, and stay in touch? Well, they can go to my website at glennbennis.com, www.glennbennis.com. And uh, I work with writers now all over the world, helping them with their screenplays. So if anybody wants some advice, some feedback, um, some guidance. Uh, they, should, they should go to my website, check it out, and then uh, you know, email me. Great. Glenn, thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Okay, I appreciate it.